Welcome to another episode of Rebel City Podcast. This week's guest, I've got the absolute pleasure of having Chris Bungard. Um, Chris is an MMA fighter um, through Bellator. Um, and at the point when we recorded the podcast, he had just a couple of weeks before won his debut fight in Bellator, which was shown on Channel 5. He absolutely annihilated the guy, and um, we talk about that in the podcast. Chris is such a humble guy. For somebody that could literally tie you up in a knot or rip your head off, um, to sit and talk to somebody and think the power that they hold and how humble he is was an absolute pleasure to see. We talk about MMA, his fight with Bellator, and I maybe even ask him a couple of questions that he's never been asked before because, as a lot of people know, he's been on a lot of podcasts um, it was a beautiful day in Glasgow when we had Chris over and we did the podcast out in the back garden, which was, I think, a, a nice change for both him and me and Matt. I mean, we sat outside and absolutely lapped it up. I hope you enjoy the podcast. If you've <clears throat> ever got any questions about anything or want to engage, please engage on social media. Usually find us at Rebel City Podcast, at Rebel City Pod on Twitter, and I'm at Rebel City Paul, and Matt is at Rebel City Matt. So without further ado, here's the episode. So this week's guest is Chris Bungard. Chris, cheers for coming on, my man. Anytime, mate. Lovely Scottish weather. Know, mate. Great to have you, man. Shout, do, doing a podcast outside since it's fucking that, like the, the one of the three days of the year that we could probably do it. Yeah. You know what I mean, <laughs> uh, first off, man, just getting into it, like absolutely smashed your Channel 5 debut, mate. <laughs> it was a boy's name, Terry Brazel. He was no slouch either, man. No, no. I think that was the first that I had, I had been aware of you on social media. But when I'd seen, well, I'm into UFC and that, but when I'd seen you were fighting at Bellator, I was like, I need to watch that, man. Yeah. So I was been watching Paul Craig in the UFC and stuff, and I was like, see what this guy's about. Um, and you f- fucking hell, mate. Like, me and my mates were just looked at each other, just like, <laughs> what the fuck, man? <laughs> just destroyed that guy in like fucking 30 seconds or something, man. I don't think I could have went any better for me. Um, there's a wee bit of Miradi pressure with it being on like, national TV. Aye. Mm. A lot of people fight. Get to Sky Sports or Sky Box Office, BT Sports, but mm. I mean every country's got Channel Five, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, anybody can just switch it on. But I had a wee documentary for me about for months as well. It's got to be on the BBC at the time, and it was all the build up to this fight. Right. So it was like mere pressure. Like, Aye. If they want to lose at the end of the, your documentary, like fucking Rocky, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> so that was a wee bit more added pressure, but it's got to be good footage now. Watching all this back, yeah. You know what I mean? It was like fairy tale stuff aye man what was the mindset like getting into that fight man like were you just I'm, I'm super interested in this like, super interested in mental health but then I've been doing martial arts for about 18 months I did it when I was a teenager but it was more just like karate kid stuff like Oop. tying fucking stuff through my head and jumping yeah. off my bed and kicking and stuff like, like in the mirror not <laughs> aye mate <laughs> I still do that mate <laughs> aye, I, I watched it what was the one in 2010 it had Will Smith's wee boy in it and I was like aye. almost getting that sort of feeling like pure old put his jacket on in it <laughs> like jump out and kick about but aye, I've been doing it for about 18 months and something that interests me is what, what goes through your head when you're walking down towards Getting into somewhere where, for all intents and purposes, you're trying to kill each other. Do you know what uh, I mean? Like, well, the the walkout is actually my favourite bit, um, but 
to lead up to that, like in the back, you're ten, 10 to go and it's you, 7 to go and it's you, that, that's the shit I don't like. I wish you could just click your fingers and you're, you're in the cage without all that shit before it. But for, for the Brazier fight, I was, I was mentally prepared for a war for months and months because mm. if you watch his fights, he's tough. Mm. He, he runs through people, he's a grinder, he takes them down, beats them up. It's horrible, man. So before we were even matched, he was the name getting flung about. I think this is what they're going to do. So right there, I was switching on to a war and the training I was putting in. But my best attribute, what I always say, is my mental game, my mental toughness. I'm tough. I would fight anybody. I've been in some tough fights and just grown up. I'm just just mentally tough. So, and that's important to, in a fighter. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes Aye. you're in hard spots and like. If you've not got the heart to be there and you're just looking for ways out, you're in the wrong sport. So. Yeah, definitely, mm-hmm. man. You see plenty of guys that are... I mean, I think even Darren Till's a, a good example of somebody that you're looking at and you're like, whoa. I was talking to somebody about uh, Johnny Walker. Right. And I was like, but you need to wait until this guy's been tested Aye. because there's been plenty of guys that have come up. They've looked... I mean, he's got that sort of fluidity about the way he moves and you're just that's born, this guy's born to fight Aye. but let's see if he, what happens once he gets sparked out yeah, if he can stone back up and I think exactly. that's what you're talking about that's the mental toughness Aye. and a lot of people are missing that do you know you what I mean? S- you see a lot of people in the local circuit especially like take a defeat Aye. and they don't, you don't see them again mm. you know what I mean? So, so if you're undefeated and you're going into the UFC then you're having your first defeat on the UFC and that's a big deal so you see, see some people go to the UFC, lose once and twice and three, then cut, then retire. So uh, it is a huge part of it. Uh, and I see a lot of people go to like psychologists and like sports therapists mm-hmm. to like, try and help them to speak them through it. But Aye. I know everybody's different, but I think if you've either got it in there or there, you've no got it. Right? Mm. I mean, I think you've got to assume that in this type of environment, you've got to at least spend some of your time considering what happens if it doesn't yeah, go your way on the day and how oh you're going to sort of pick yourself up. What well, I can't imagine I would handle it particularly well. <laughs> I think if somebody sparked me out, I'd probably be tempted just to stay on Mars, <laughs> to be honest with you. Mm. Um, I you need to have a good team round about you, didn't you, man, if that's what's going to happen to you? As for the Brazier fight, I was I was switched on all week. I wasn't thinking about the fight. I was relaxed. I was in, like, in a zen mode, just, mm-hmm. just focused. But then... <laughs> I didn't even think about the fight until I started to get warmed up in the arena. And then just, I get my flag and just before I make the walk, just this wee bit of doubt just creeped in. Mm-hmm. Like, I just started thinking about the guys that he's beaten, fought and all that. I'm like, oh fuck, they're good. Oh shit, that's got to be a tough one. Mm. Just before I actually walked the ramp and I was like, why did that just come in there? Aye. But I think that wee bit of doubt probably helped me, help me win. Gives you a drive, man. Aye. Aye, man, that could kill you. That like you're saying, like I think perhaps getting it at that time just right before you walk out might have been a good thing to sort of settle yeah, you. Aye. But if you've been thinking like that for weeks, like, mm-hmm. oof, this guy's gotta be a tough fight, it's gotta be a tough fight, you might end up sinking yourself out, I do know. you know what I mean, mate? So do you think like we'll get back onto sort of mentality later, but do you think so what was your upbringing like? So what gave you this sort of like mental toughness? Um I was just I was Hollytown's a small village, but there's fights every day in my school, mm. there were fights every day. I was fighting every day. I wasn't a bully or that, but I would usually get attracted to, to fighting with the bullies. Mm. The idiots. I was like a, a teenage Dexter, but just didn't kill them. I mean, just, <laughs> just smashed them. But, so I was always fighting for a young age, and when I was fighting Holy Town, usual, like, fight with the, the village beside you, and all that Aye. shit. So mm-hmm. where I stayed was 
it's called Bruce Way Flats. It was like, what? Council Flats. Right, the bad so, bit, was it? Uh, it was quite rough. Time. It was a Bronx, man. Right. <laughs> but, uh, so stuff like that, just growing up, you need to be streetwise, especially in this day and age, man. Like, you go for a quiet night with your missus and get attacked. And then yep. they, you just don't know what's in the corner and what's out there because it's, it's a crazy world at times. So mm-hmm. so I think you need you need to be grow, <laughs> brought up like that. Kind yeah. of, uh, no one know how to handle yourself, but certain situations where to back off or what you got to do when the shit hits the van basically mm-hmm. so I always thought growing up that's what kind of made me the man where I was Faye and my mates and stuff like that so and then getting into martial arts and just just all sorts I just um, I just thought oh I did up I had a big operation in my jaw as well um, so stuff like that just, I just just certain parts of my life have been Quite tough, and right. then I just carried it into my my mixed martial arts. Not having a fear of anybody, and willing to fight anybody really. Mm-hmm. Even when I first joined MMA, I was with my local gym, Team Raw. It was my first ever team, and we were one of the best team. But um, I was still challenging the best guys in the country, even though I wasn't experienced. Yeah. I probably shouldn't even be in there with them. Right. But I was only one willing to fight them and stuff like that, and. At amateur level, you can do that because it's all about experience. But mm. and that's that's why I moved to Scottish Hit Squad with Brian Gallagher and started actually learning the real martial arts and mm-hmm. taking it a bit more serious. So that's that place is producing like yeah, no other fucking place. <laughs> I think. I mean, considering that such a small area and the amount. I mean, like you're saying, like you've got yourself and Paul that are probably the two main. But then there's a load of like younger guys, aren't there? Like eighteen. Oh, 19. I know. I know, <laughs> man. They, they beat me up every day. There's one Fif- of these ones, you're the, as well, man. you're the target in the gym now because of the, 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 the recent attention they're like, we want in with Chris. Aye, aye. Oh, nobody wants around with me. <laughs> <laughs> but you get these young 15-year-olds and they're unbelievably gifted. Like When I was growing up in MMA, like, back in the day, you had one, one specialty, then you would have to work in your other ones and yeah. like get, try and level them all out. But these young guys are coming in and getting the best coaches in every aspect of MMA, so... The level everywhere is amazing. Like mm-hmm. Fifteen year old man, like I can't remember what I was doing at fifteen, but I wasn't in a gym. No, no, running about bushes and tr- <laughs> start jumping water or not. Yep, man, chasing so, chasing some other boys about a park. Sticky Willies, man. Where where the fuck have Sticky Willies been? Uh, Did they still like They've went away with the white. We'll find some out here somewhere. The white shites have disappeared with the Sticky Willies. Some sort of weird fucking things happening in Glasgow. But something that's interesting about that is is that Glasgow gets a bad reputation, and people like I grew up in Carntine, which is like a small scheme. In between, like Easterhouse, Cranhill, Park Kids, right <laughs> in the middle of all the yeah. bad schemes, and it was a bad wee place itself. The creamy centre. Yeah, that <laughs> was, that. it was a bad wee place itself, man. But people would always be like, "Oh, you grew oh, yeah. hell," and you're like, and "East Kilbride and well, Motherwell well, and Coat Bridge." Well, that's where I feel like Motherwell's Hawthorns and Motherwell, but Hawthorns had nine murders in the last two years, all knife crime. But it's a small, well, it's a it's couple the, of streets. It's the amount of me. people. That's it's that, just man. like. Most of the time, sadly enough, the people are dying and the people are doing the stabbings. They're in the Fee Holy Town, but it always happens in my fucking area. Right. So it gets a bad rep. Holy Town, there's another murder, it's another murder. What's mm-hmm. happened to this place? And it's knife crime everywhere, and you know, Glasgow as well. So Aye. it's just, I try to, sometimes try to help plug a message as well, like 
to get away from the knives and maybe take up martial arts. Oh, that, definitely. Eddie Helm was out during the, mm. during the week saying that they should be teaching boxing at school so that when kids finish school at three o'clock, they're too knackered to go out and run about the streets. Mm. Get them to use that energy for something that actually feeds positivity into exactly. them. Rather I think than as well, when, you, when we talk about these experiences growing up, obviously in these you know, working class areas, like, I think a lot of the trouble that we've seen over the years as we grow up comes for that no having that outlet you yeah. know what i mean like i think if you're taking boys at 14 15 years old teaching them discipline and and actually giving them that space to sort of grow as people and as athletes and stuff 100%. like that then it can only be you know of benefit yeah. to them you know what i mean like i wish it was something that i had a, a sort of meaningful option for yeah. at the time when i was growing up it's in the east end you know what i mean it's definitely something that's matured me <clears throat> when i was growing up martial arts just just brought me a totally different level of it even gone out like <laughs> I've not even got a life now anymore. Like oh, you're just in, you train, you go home, and you just enjoy your life a bit more instead of drinking or partying all the time. Ah, one hundred percent, mate. And it, it does like, at a young age, it does mature you. Like when I took martial arts up, I didn't get in any other fights outside the gym. I don't, I don't think I've. I've had one fight in the football park years ago, and that's that's been that. There's, some, there's a confidence that comes along with it. I mean, even me and my infancy, do you know what I mean? Like, I sometimes, if I'm on a night out and somebody's looking me the wrong way, I just think, mate, I'm just going to plant an elbow. Man. <laughs> you're going to hit <laughs> me. I'm just like, you? fuck off. Do you know what I mean? Laugh at them more than wanting. Previously, I'd be thinking, he's a threat and I need to deal with Aye. this and something's going to happen. I need to be aware. And I'm just like, Aye. I go to Denzel Washington and equalizer, start turning <laughs> stuff around. <laughs> can plant him with that fire extinguisher. His pals have come that way. They'll get the Ric Flair chop. Oh. <laughs> so see what we were talking together on. Like, do you think that about the the sort of movie aspect, like Karate Kid and Rocky, like definitely was one of my inspirations. But you think the fifteen year old now that cause they've got YouTube and they can actually watch professionals explain what they're doing, that gives them that advantage because the the closest that I got to seeing an expert day martial arts was Bruce Lee, yeah. which is not real, yeah. do you know what I mean? Whereas they're watching, you go on YouTube now, you could teach yourself anything, Aye. do you know what I mean? 100%. Do you think that gives them that sort of, get to get to that next level? Oh, they're, definitely. If they've even entered the gym, they know I, how to throw a punch. I do it myself sometimes, you get lost on YouTube. But I think when I was 15, I had the old dial-up number. <laughs> I was Aye. dog in school, dialing the fucking internet up to watch porn. <laughs> but uh, I, I even did, I get lost on YouTube while watching techniques because that, I teach a beginner sometimes mm-hmm. in a Thursday uh, in jiu-jitsu on a Thursday as well and something like what could I go out of the day and I'll look at certain techniques certain different ways to do it and then I'll use it for my classes sometimes mm-hmm. so it helps me and I'm I'm nine years in you know what I mean mm-hmm. so it can only be a, a good thing for a young 15 year old that's lying in bed at night instead of playing his playstation I think, I, think I think as well like I mean I'm I'm fairly casual fan of like the MMA and stuff like that like I watch the big fights and but I'm a fair weather fan in that yeah. respect so apologies um, but my understanding it when as long it, as you watch me <laughs> when, it, when it first broke it was that the mixed martial arts was about somebody way a specific discipline like kickboxing yeah. up against somebody like you know judo or whatever it is but it's new it's mere as I say each individual fighter has a combination yeah. of various different techniques and stuff like YouTube and whatnot must be quite a big bonus for like, expanding that knowledge. Oh, totally. You know what I mean? Totally. Millions of, of, of films. I can get lost to it for hours, click on what I want last night, then the man under it up. A few years go by and you're like, fuck, what have I been doing here, man? I watching somebody throw tie kicks for like three years. <laughs> it's just like another technique, another technique. And man. that's a good thing about, especially jiu-jitsu, there's so many techniques. There's so oh, many fuck I, man. different entries and set-ups and you're just like 
if it works for somebody, it could work for another guy, so it's, it's good. So was that like a conscious choice when you started picking up, was that you were going to concentrate on the jiu-jitsu, or was that just something that happened on its own? Uh, well, I just I just went to a local gym at uh, Hardy Sports Centre in Hollytown, and they were doing MMA. Mm-hmm. Um, I just bought a wee pair of UFC gloves, I thought it was the man. What year was this? 2010. So who's kicking about at that time, UFC-wise? Like... I didn't even watch UFC. Did you, know watch what, you know what all right. I knew about the computer game and Chuck Liddell and TOTs. Chuck Liddell, that's that was right. it. That right. was it. That was all I knew about the, the Ultimate Fighting Championship. And then it was just kind of a more grappling based, and it was more rolling. I mean, it was more rolling, like in, in this gym. And I just took it for there, and then we just done like some light sparring and stuff, and just gradually builded up to my amateur career. But. Um, I just I enjoyed the submission side of it because I, I was a big pro wrestling fan. Yep. So as I tell everybody, like I was a Bret Hart fan. He mm-hmm. was submissions. He made people right. tap out and stuff like that. So when I started rolling in jiu-jitsu, I enjoyed that. Enjoyed making people submitting people. So yeah. I think that's where I got it for like the the pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're a big big fan of WWF. Yep. Right. Massive. I'd actually trained pro wrestling now, so I'm going right. to make, make my debut soon as well. Oh, right. so, oh awesome. Um, ICW. Hi. So oh, I'm getting so the pro. I'm getting the profile out there. So try to like. I've always loved wrestling. Uh, I've always trained a wee bit, like mm-hmm. just with my mates. But now I've, I've done like the 24 week training with in the asylum. In the asylum. Fucking brilliant. The Lionheart and Jack Jester and Wolfgang and that. So Wolfgang right. stayed at the end of my street. Uh, See when I was big legend. I will. Feels like a gazelle for a big dude, man. I was an Ed, so we used to walk by. <laughs> Rip the fucking, I wouldn't get near him now, man. <laughs> He's in the WWE, man. I know, I'd take my fucking head off, yeah. but we used to go by and, like, honestly, they used to, they built their own Titantron <laughs> in the back garden out of the plywood, yes. and then they had the, the ring in amongst the, the what, the, the drying green, and we used to be like, they'd have the music in through yeah. the stereo, they'd have the outfits, like they'd be walking in, man. <laughs> Aye, that's it, man, and we'd be like, that was fucking stereo. <laughs> See, no, man, and I've been to ICW, so yeah. I'm like, all right, mate. I used to stay in your street. Like, <laughs> Seen him one time at Alley Park. It was uh, one of the, the summer fun days at Alley Park, and he was wrestling in there, and it was actually, it was brilliant. Was just shows you, man. Like we were. See, for a big dude, he's nimble. Oh like, fuck, I man. He can just jump in my and be like a somersault, smooth at a landing, and everyone's like, Jesus. He's been doing that shit since he was 14, 15, yeah. man. So that's that's awesome, man. So how did that come that. about? Did you? Was that something you went to them with? Was that something they uh, hit you up about knowing? I've always wanted to, and um, the day like a it's like a twenty-four week induction thing, three three eight weeks levels, and I'm like. Um, We'll, we'll put you through your training if you have they, they're on me home shows and shows everywhere if you have your first ever debut with us we'll train you up that's, mm. like, that's fair play I'm a man of my word so so I've done that and I love it like just running the rope suplexing going up the top rope just everything just having a love what but, a big win man but because I was a bit athletic like the group I was in the group of 20 like they're no sporty they're just wrestling fans right. so they were quite uh, rigid and mm. nervous where I'm used to moving about like this stuff like that so but as the weeks went on like people dropped out people didn't pass and stuff like that but the guys that have got through now to the main class which is where all the wrestlers just go and train mm-hmm. and just drill drill and there's a couple of good wrestlers that I've come up with so there's a lot of dream come true for you Aye, most people would go the other way be like right I'll get into the pro wrestling then I'll get myself into yeah. the MMA mate you're doing it the other way about it's uh, class mate it's so, fucking 
when I walk out from my MMA fights, like to the crowds, like I feel like it's pro wrestling, so I, I kind of work the crowd a wee bit. Mm-hmm. If they're with me, if they're no, like I'll give them a finger and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> I even I played a cup final last night um, for my I played amateur football and they had a massive support and they had the big drum and they were singing about me and all. And when we scored, I was right out of the fans, you know what I mean? And I was like, <laughs> I don't think I could be a professional football player anyway because I'd get sacked or lifted. <laughs> but uh, I just enjoy working with the crowd. Like if it's MMA, pro wrestling, even football, you know what I mean? So Aye, man. I like being the heel. Like, I like getting booed. Brilliant. But, You'd be uh, like Scott Brown then? Aye, that was Scott Brown <laughs> last night because um, the team we were playing are like pro rangers and had the drum and the flags and we had Bullfrog who's like Kieran Tierney's kind of team. Mm. So we were Celtic so it was kind of like a bit of needle. Yeah. But we scored the last minute um, equaliser, so I run right to the. The, the amateurs are no joke, man. I'm a, I'm a St. Rocks or Candy fan, and uh, we've had the similar way. I think it was Mark Hall Rangers, where there was what yeah. like, Police Scotland. We're <laughs> 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 walking at the door, and there's like pure meat wagons out there yeah. full of coppers, and you're like, amateur for an amateur f- game, uh, they get spicy, man. Amateur for that is a war. <laughs> Aye, man. This is going for an MMA fighter. It's like, always referred to it as like pure blood and thunder, man. And see when they know you're an MMA fighter. <laughs> the gear. I try to get a reaction, I try to get a reaction, but. What, you, you wonder why guns. you'd be the uh, you'd be the last one I'd be trying to get a fucking <laughs> reaction out of you I'd be like don't mess with this gun Aye. he's just gonna fucking spark you out in the middle of the park like. yeah. and when would your band be an amateur football at one game if you punch somebody like, do they well, have hefty bands or what I got a year like about eight years ago and I, and I swear to god it was like we came together like head to head and it was just a wee nudge, it wasn't a headbutt, and the guy just faint, like, rolled about oh. and got me second half. Because I didn't go to Hamden, I got a year for that, a year suspension, I couldn't believe it. But it was oh. year, that was back in the day, but that's the only ban I've ever had, and it wasn't even, I wasn't even worth it. Right. I wish I actually brain, I wish I cemented it. For the sake enough. of the year, I <laughs> suplexed him. Uh, Fucking right, man. So, big Celtic fan, vocal massive, Celtic fan. Massive, I know. You're Two Celtic fans ourselves, like. Oh, thank. Before we, <laughs> before we talk more about a wee bit about Celtic, um, what do you reckon about the whole fucking snowflake bullshit that they're coming out with? Stephen Gerrard coming out fucking these tears about Scott Brown winding up the Rangers fans and. I, I'll be honest. I used to be a massive Stephen Gerrard fan. Yeah. He was Liverpool. He was a leader. I was like, that's the guy you want in your team. That's you have to respect guy. him as a player, don't you? But see, since he put that fucking blue tie on, He's oh my man. God. I mean, what was he talking about last week about Lions Den? I don't know if you noticed this. <laughs> oh <laughs> my. Taking the, He's lost take, it, man. Aye, gone yeah. literal, saying to them, aye, there'll be any Lions, but you need to say there's been any Lions. <laughs> if you jump into a Lions Den, uh, He's totally lost it, man. Oh, and you wow. can see it in his team. You can completely see it in his team. Like, people are going on about Alfredo Morelos' mindset and... This guy's an animal, and you're like, listen to what the fucking manager's saying. It's this siege mentality that yeah. they've got put in, and people think because Mourinho did it at Chelsea, and it's like the blueprint for modern football. Yeah. You need to, you need to be like, it's us against the world, and it's a bit like, well, it's, it can't really be like that. Like, mm-hmm. you need to have. It's all right going out and getting the fans riled up, mm-hmm. but as long as you're managing your team and telling your I team to keep it calm. As much as ones, you know, the Lions Den chat and all the rest, of it was laughable um, you know you're, you just basically give the opposition's team talk with that shite you know what I mean like just put it straight up in the pin board in the, boat, in the, in the dressing room like, I kind of feel sorry for him a wee bit because he's a relatively young manager he's obviously very inexperienced and he's got guys like your trainers and all the rest of it. you know the, the whole let's have the chat and uh, he's in between a rock and a hard place in yeah. a lot of respects but I could have definitely handled himself a lot better a number of times a friend just came out and says, let's see how the season's got to go. Aye. Instead, every season, we've got to win the league. 55. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
it's like just let's see how it goes first, man. Before you start opening your mouth, and the players start talking, and then King starts yeah. talking, and then it's just like like who's won the league for the I last like eight years in a row? Not mean like. I, but there's there's, there's tangible close trebles. to domination there. No, you know, like no. you're we're no. on the brink of a triple <laughs> treble, and they're, they're talking about uh, domination. Getting closer, it is the one that I seen during the week. What was the boy that was out? Given it, um, and you could fucking see that he didn't believe what he was saying. Do you know what I mean? Like, you Arfield, could, was that maybe Arfield? I think it was Scott Arfield, and you could see him. I mean, if you're into psychology, you could see him looking aye, down, and you aye. could be like, You know, the body language, aye, like, man, he doesn't you believe what he's saying. You, you get that fighters, get that fighters off fight anybody. Uh, aye, there's a contract, exactly. we'll get somebody else. So, what's your earliest memories of Celtic? Like, what was your so aye. your earliest memories who's and your then team? your favourite who's, like, your, who's your favourite um, the one that started my first that? ever game Uncle John took me to a Celtic versus Hearts game in 97 and it was a loss in Hartrick it's easy to remember threw on goal I hid that in a penalty but I remember <laughs> it wasn't the best seat I remember you used to get blocked with like the green beans sometimes aye. remember that it was, one of, it was one of the seats but I always remember it it's like it was 97 my Uncle John um, it was a year we stopped 10 in a row, I think it was 97. So, so it's easy to remember because it's obviously my favourite ever played as well, Larson Hartrick. Oh, so, but that was my first ever memory because it was my first ever game. Um, but Do you remember, like, I, my, f- my first Celtic memories know my first game, but I can remember the first time that I came out at the New Park Kid and I walked out like the tunnel I must have been about 9 or 10 year old and I literally just get pure butterflies seen the size of the pitch and I just looked at my dad like pure you see loads of guys taking videos of their wins day in it nowadays up, aye. That I've was, got a memory of that that's cool stairs, I like, I like stuff like that because I'm like I've got to do that with my wins but my first actually it's funny you mentioned that my first ever memory of Celtic was watching it on Sky, old Sky Sports when it was like Alberts hammering in short oh. goals against us mm-hmm. and I was just always sitting there watching and we're always losing oh, but aye, is this a team we support but I always remember it the old Sky Sports and it was like Celtic and Rangers and like Rangers used to shag us man so aye. that's my memory but my first game was Celtic was I grew Hearts. up with a boy who lived next door to me as a Rangers man and he was absolutely mental on George Alberts yeah, so he was like, used hammer. to get tormented by that guy both <laughs> during the games and then <laughs> after them so I uh, a lot so, of bad memories so my there. first Celtic memory is basically the hammer thank you as a Rangers player taking Paul Lambert's head off when you're not aye well my fu- when somebody mentions George Alberts to me I just think of that New Year's Day game it was like two minutes in and McNamara jumped and the ball went through his legs and Stuart Kerr was like no uh, chance I think that's what game I was that was a game when Cadet fucking chested it up and scored a belt and got ruled off for mm. see the thing the players that we had back then and all but we, yep. just, we just didn't jail really you had your Pierre's Cadet Decano stuff like that like. it's very similar to them the new when, I, when you look at it because they when they play against us and they're playing against Aberdeen or whatever, you're looking at them and you're thinking, they're, they're alright. Mm-hmm. But then when they play against other teams, you're like, they're fucking shite. Mm-hmm. And that's the same as us. We used to go and battle against them, get yeah. a result. And then, remember under that, that Janssen year, we beat them 2 nothing at Parkhead on New Year's Day, what, like Lambert and uh, Burley. Yep. And then we went and drew one each for Park. And you're just like, what was last week for all? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of and that's what they, they were doing, and that. that's what they're doing now. Hopefully they don't have the... See their goal of the season? Scott Brown deflection. Not uh, Scott Brown deflection. And the guy that's been sent off like seven times won all their awards. They're like, <laughs> he's no player of the year. He's like the worst player of the year for you. He's ruining it. One of them said it was the greatest day of his fucking life. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I uh, Scraping that one, no one at Ibrooks. It's just staunch. It's he levels. Aye. Andy Halliday's staunch, wasn't he? So who's your team? But it's the, like, the, you are 
like Lisbon Lions that when you're growing old, old but it's probably, I've seen it's that probably team the Martin O'Neill team, uh, Seville team. Mm. Um, I was still a bit young. Like I didn't go to the. Like, I was too young to go to Seville. Basically, I wish right. it was a few years later. I, I was too scared. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I did go to all the like, European games and that now. It's like a lot of people go now. It's like that's the thing now. Got mm-hmm. away days, even with Rangers as well. Do you jump, get any preferential treatment because you're famous now? I don't. I've not even tried. Um, I don't want to be that guy. No, nah. I mean? nah, I don't. Um, Got to keep your seat. <laughs> I just. I don't know. I don't like the boys. They ask a player, do you want to get his tickets? No, I mean I don't. Even mm. though if they came to me for fight tickets, I'd probably give them it. Oh, no, no, no. Aye, mate, that's but, the thing, uh, isn't it, man? It's like if it was rules reversed, you'd be pure. Mm. No bother, no bother. Uh, They'd be like that to you as well, man. You're uh, mates with Kieran Tierney, aren't you? Aye, aye. So, how the fuck did that come about? Just through amateur football, fun enough. The team that I play right. for the new, Bullfrog, right, that's his like, local, and like, he's, he's from Motherwell Muirhouse. Um, so, he used to always come and watch him, me play against him. That was my rivals at the time, with my old team. Um, I just started talking to him through Twitter and ended up coming on my games and then we just became pals with him, that was a good few years ago um, and uh, we just, we don't, we don't really hang about but we go for food a lot and stuff like that and mm. go to like the gym and stuff like that so. Have you ever sparred with him? <laughs> no, I took him on the pads and that but Any nah, good? Man. Yeah, he's alright man, he's got a good left hand and that on him but I can't start sparring. Can't start well, sparring. Can't start sparring. I'm not. I mean, <laughs> up ruining for his career. And every country's want to hate me. You know what I mean? Game percent. <laughs> Did you facilitate oh, the I. Conor McGregor? Did you give Conor McGregor the top? Because you you've trained in. Aye, aye. With Kavanagh uh, and that. No, in I didn't Dublin, give Conor the top. Um, Kian Kian gave it to Charlie Ward when they were over for Conor's speech speaking done speaking in Glasgow. No. And Charlie Ward's like my teammate for Dublin. But it's Connor's good friend as well. I think Kieran right. gave them the tap, and he's he gave him that. Is that like another level at their training with like Coach Cavanagh and stuff? Um, I wouldn't say another level, like because Brian Gallagher's a great coach, and they're very similar. See the stuff they, they teach, and I don't tell anybody this. Um, I don't go back and say like, he does that or he does that. I just learn from them, but hmm. they're very similar in the way the technique. But the only thing that John's got is numbers. Is numbers are there because he obviously. Connor's a world superstar. Aye, he's famous um, now and he's in right, I aye. suppose, isn't he? So, that's the reason I, I go over there to train as well, um, for fight camps, is the numbers and the weights. Um, obviously, Paul's, Paul's my, my teammate, but he's a heavyweight. Mm-hmm. I'm a lightweight. Um, Tough for you, Steve. We still train together and spar together every day and stuff, but it's, I just don't get a lot, a lot of my game away on him because he's so good and long and big. Where in Dublin, I've got like 40 lightweights. Pro right. on the mat at the same time, where I can mix and spar with all them. Mm-hmm. So it's just good to get a good level and a good good body, good body size and stuff like that. It's just a wee change. And I like got a Dublin, so he gets me away from Scotland for He's a, a week. Connor. I train with Connor. Is think. it like super intense? Now you look at his, you look at his social <laughs> media, and it's almost like he's training. All, well, not so much now, but he's training all the time, like he's, constantly. He's just a professional. When he's in the gym, he's business. Not mean, but. He's a good guy. He's no. He's no. I sound. I wasn't. He wouldn't like take any liberties or beat people up and that. He's here to train and mm. learn. And if he can, he would. He will give you like a tip or help you out with certain stuff and that. So I've always had good experiences with him, and right. when I've been on the mat with him and stuff like that. So when was the first time you ever met him? Uh, about three years ago. Before, no. So he was already quite. No, well, I met him. On the go. I met him. 
in Manchester one time before I went to Dublin. But first time I trained with him was about four years ago. Uh, it's one of the ones I just you're just on the mat, just sitting there, and then Conor McGregor walks in. You just you, you feel something. There's a presence. There's like an aura. Like fucking hell, it's like one of the best ever. Like just. See that thing people talk about that, and they talk about like when you meet somebody that's they've got that presence. Obviously, mm. they've got that sort of next level confidence about themselves. But do you think that happens in your own head? Do you think that's something that other people do to you? I, I think that might just be. I think if you were that big and famous, or you would walk about, you know, like they know who I'm. A, they're they're looking at me. They're talking about me. Mm-hmm. They're, they're wanting to get a picture of me, stuff like that. So. I think if you get as big as him, you've got to think stuff like that. Of Especially with he's he's got that confidence anyway. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He, he being the best and stuff. So I I don't know. Like, do you think he's actually retired? No. Think he'll come back? One hundred percent. I'd love to see him come back, man. That, yeah. The Khabib fight was just you're like, come on, man. Like, it, I mean, Khabib's a beast, yeah, like yeah, an absolute beast. But it, I think it was a silly fight to really come back after all that time, like having been out mm. to come back and fight somebody at that level but it was almost like he had to he had to come back and fight him yeah. there was no other fight out there for I him I think that's a good thing about Conor though like, like he was he was off for years and he still came back and fought the best guy I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't do it that it doesn't seem shy to the uh, challenge does it? no yeah. definitely yeah. fucking not man I think that what happened after that fight and the way that Khabib reacted it was almost like you're, you're looking at it you're going you do realise this is a business like yeah. Connor's on the ground going it's all business mate like, yeah. but he's taking this fucking seriously yeah. like he's that was a bit of a weird one that's the first time I've really seen that in any sort of professional fighting and again as a pretty casual viewer but I mean like you know that there's a lot of chat you know there's a lot of needle in the build up to these matches but it's, it's all become sort of part and parcel of the, you know the weigh-ins the press conferences and all yeah. that. I was really surprised to see somebody well, like, U- lose it like that well the UFC actually used the footage of him smashing the bus up to promote the fight and stuff yeah. like that. So it's like they were pure disgusted in Connor's behaviour, then they use it, uh, use it, it to sell house. the actual pay per view. So Aye. it's a, it's a, bus- it's a to business to Dana White as well. Oh, right? definitely. I, think, like, I was talking to somebody, they were saying it's all, it's, oh, it's like WWE just after the, the Connor thing where he threw the, the whatever it fucking Dolly. Aye, the dolly mm. at, the, at the bus. And it was almost like, see if they are going down that road, if that is what you suspect it might be, that Dana's been in on that and it's all just been kind of set up. They need to get everybody on board. They can't be putting him in the cage with a guy that thinks this is serious. Mm. Like, he was trying to fucking hurt me. That t- it's, yeah. it's it's no publicity. That he's, he's sort of disrespecting my religion and he's talking about my family and all these things. You're like, you need to get everybody on board and yeah. make sure that these things don't happen. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Pretty fucking mental, but we'll get off of Conor McGregor in the UFC so like you don't seem to be too shy away for like the media attention no like, do you love, love it I love it aye because um, you, you need to be out there like what fighter has not got social media yeah like, no no one even knows about it anyway so I've always said like before like I just needed that opportunity to get into the limelight and get into the lights and the cameras so people can see who I'm on what what I fight for and what my style is and shit like that. So that my last fight was perfect. Channel five, yeah. national TV, and main card and tough fight as uh, well, man. Which was good because a lot of them get set up with fucking nobodies. Exactly. I mean? um, still getting nobodies, and here I'm with another tough fight. So I mean, the 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 attention that you got after the the last fight was insane. I, I mean, know. it was you you blew up almost uh, overnight for. 
to well, practically a household name in these parts, you know my, what I mean? Like, what was social, that like? My social media doubled um, uh, overnight. <clears throat> I think that was because the Channel 5 thing, obviously, but a lot of Celtic players put me on their, their Insta story as well. Right. So they've got like thousands of followers today. So I think I, I got a wee bit of uh, following after that. But uh, as the media, I like... It's good because sometimes the people that didn't want to speak to you know want to speak to you and right. go tell me fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, so that uh, that doesn't with anybody. That's not just media. Like even friends, yeah, like, girls, stuff like that. They're just like oh, no, you want a piece, not me. Nah. Anybody that you used to go to school with, aye, coming like, up to you, like, oh, right, even Chris. the people that don't even they, you know they don't like you, right? They speak about you, but then they ask you for a photo or not. You're like, oh, I don't know him. I'm pals him, but I don't so. You need to walk, walk, look out for those negative people, or like those fake people that mm. want to be in your circle. So, like, I've always had the same pals all my life, so nothing's got to change here. I'll have my teammates from fight team, and my teammates my football team, and that's all the only people I need in my family, really. Mm-hmm. But um, as for the media, I mean, I love it. I love talking. Well, I don't actually like listening to myself talking, because of that <laughs> stupid Scottish slang, but um, people like listening to me. I don't know why. They, they think I'm funny. I don't know why. Um, but I think I it's because you're real, mate. Like I think that a lot of these guys, like, um, know that I really want to talk about the guy, but the guy for George Shore. Oh man! I mean, you can tell he's a fucking idiot, straight away. Yeah, but um, I don't know, man. The guy, the guy, like, he's on social media calling people out, and you're looking at it, and you're just like, that isn't he real? Yeah, that doesn't feel real to me. Aye, it's yeah. all fucking pantomime, and then he's got his wee pals. And you're like, mate, if, if you really want it, you can go and Google and watch every single one of them shite themselves mm. in a night out and somebody challenges yeah. them. So now you're trying to make out like you're some sort of fucking hard nut on the internet. Yeah. And it just doesn't I'm like the Morgan Masvidal in Scotland. Like, <laughs> like if you've got to say you're going to fight, then we're going to fight. You know what I mean? Aye, oh, fucking right. Would you fight? Masvidal? Or, you know, Aaron uh, Chalmers? Chalmers? Would you fight him? Of course I'd fight him. But it's a fight that would never, ever happen. No. Um, especially now that I just beat Brazer because mm. before that arm was like uh, I'm doing the line we'll fight then this hillbilly comes in and smashes him and then I beat Brazer so he's like fuck imagine that was the other way about and I go to him like there'd be a murder in that aye man yeah. I, I so you've already moved beyond him essentially that's aye. Aye. as soon aye, as you lost that man. was just like something he spoke about him um, he would need to prove himself now to uh, try and but get he's on the London up. card again and I actually think he's above me in the card again believe oh, it or right. not so well, he's Unfortunately, that's. But I get that he brings on. Aye, so I do, I do. He's got a, he's got a media profile that. that's that's bigger than probably ninety percent of the fighters they've gotten. Mm. But outside the, the fighting world, inside yeah. the fighting world, there's plenty of people yeah. that will be fucking well above him. But he brings this. You can understand why if you owned a company, why you would want somebody oh, like course. him, and why you'd want to give him an easy ride. But it's it, it's the fact that he comes out and talk calling people uh, out. that's the one you're he like, went be to humble, five, five and or something like that and he was like maybe they can take his left hand or right hand or something like that and I <laughs> just wrote corners of laughing faces because I know he's starting to believe he's in fucking hype mm-hmm. did he say anything to you when you were there were you in the same room aye um, after the fight after our fights like he was he done his media um, scrum which I, I respected because he'd just been beating his own hometown and and he still went and faced the camera, so I like that. That's going to be a rough one. I, I, I respected enough. that. So standing there, I was like, "Aye, I like that man." So I kind of went over and shook his hand and says, "Look, this is where your journey really begins now. Like, this is where you, what kind of fighter you are. You've just lost in your hometown, blah blah." blah. And he was kind of just saying, "Oh, like, congratulating me," and 
he's just like, oh, when you go to the mic, I fucking shot myself because I was like, I'm getting it, I'm getting it tight here as soon as I grabbed the mic. Um, so then we got split up, and then when I went back to the hotel, he was waiting in the lobby, and he was just came kind of saying, uh, by the way, you're not arguing with me on Twitter. It's my agent you're arguing with. I don't use Twitter, and I just thought that was bullshit. Oh, but, definitely, uh, it was bullshit, man. 100%. And then he's like, do you fancy a pint? And I'm just like, I'm going up to the room to chill for a bit. Uh, I'll come down later, but I didn't, I didn't go down for a pint, but. He was, a, he was an old bad guy, you know right. what I mean? Um, I think it's all just a bit of a media circus that he's drumming up and he's aye. actually just a guy. Fucking, he, he got beat, man. That's but, the game uh, of the if he, still, if, he, if he ever wanted to fight me, I'd obviously fight him, but I think he knows how that would end. Mm. Mm. You're looking forward to London then? Uh, I'm not looking forward to it. I've not really thought about it now because I've not started my fight camp. When I start training, I start to switch on. Mm-hmm. This is where it preparing for war again because this has got to be a war because Charlie's tougher than Brazer the reason he's got a record like that is because if Brazer fought the guys Charlie had fought he'd have a similar record Um, so he's got good hands a good boxer he's hard to take down he's very durable so I think it's got to be another tough one a long night but I thought that about Brazer and look what happened so you never know in this game I'm going to put him in his back I'm going to take him down I'm going to beat him up I'm going to finish him, so it's not going to be as easy as that, but it'll, it'll roughly be like that. <laughs> What's the like something that in, really interests me is the mindset that goes into the camp. Like, so you're at the start of your camp right now. Like, do you just have to have constant positive thoughts? Like, do you need to just keep yourself driving, or do you need to sort of ease yourself into it? Because it's almost like. It sounds like for a lot of the guys, it's like, I just do what I want, I train a wee bit, but I'm eating what I want, I do what I want, and then it's like, bang, Monday morning, nah, that's it. Mm. My nutrition's on point, my work notes on point. How do you that's go for like one extreme to the other? Like that's how- exactly what I do. In between camps, I just eat shit. I mean, I wake up, I reach for cookies, donuts, cheesecake, that's my new thing, man. So, I'll travel an hour to like strafing and shit like that, just, <laughs> just first cheesecake, you know what I mean? Um, but... That's the way I've always done it though. So I know I get that scunnered wheat and shite food and chocolate that I'm, I'm I, I can't wait for a fight camp. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to like, get back to normal clean clean eating. But um, for me, it's just it's not really me- mentally preparing. It's just it's time to go to fight camp. It's time to eat clean, cut out all the chocolate and that. And then it's just it's normal. It's just show up to the gym and train and just go home. Hey, don't have any wee niggling thing going. You can just have an all bit of chocolate. Uh, and it's alright. I do. I, do uh, um, I, I cut it down to having like one cheap meal a day, and it was like a Sunday night. I would have like a hot chocolate or something. Like that. Right. But then I started eating these wee Belvita bake bar things, and I've got like chocolate chip in them. And next thing you know, <coughs> I was eating like a full box. Scrambled ah, whole packet. Like, <laughs> the grenade bars. Um, they're the devil, man. They're exactly. the fucking so devil. I, things, I bought man. them in bulk, which don't have a day. <laughs> She's just munching oh, fuck out them, man. man. And it's like 30, was it zero, zero grams of fucking impact carbs, but then you read the back and it's 40 grams of carbohydrate every one I of the fucking bars. Exactly, bars, and I was going through boxes, so it's like, see if I didn't eat them and they bilbeaters, man, I'd be shredded for the get-go, but um, <laughs> stuff like that there, my, my weakness is like the grenade bars. But you just key yourself them? I keep checking my weight, so if my weight's all right then, right. and I keep making weight then, they're all right, but I do need to cut down on them, especially for this camp. Can you sort of, with that sort of mindset, can you understand why like guys like Tyson Fury, like ones 
he's got this sort of need to be world champion wins he's world champion and all of a sudden it's just boom Aye. just balloons it's almost like his was, purpose uh, just goes man Hatton was the same wasn't he was one he, 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 he kind of ballooned up and down in between was, fights he would, he would drink fucking like 10 pints of Guinness a day and that when he was at half camp wow and then when he was on camp obviously there's like nothing there so it's, it's mental I mean see between obviously where you're now as a professional and obviously I've heard you talk elsewhere about having you know the day to day jobs and all the rest of it when you're getting into that sort of in between fight mindset is there a difference now are you more professional in your half time than you were previously or is it oh, much right. a much a similar thing as before um, I only <laughs> it's got to sound so bad but I only started taking it really serious like a year or two years ago right like and I've had 32 fights um, but that was like knuckling down on my nutrition mm-hmm. and going out and stuff like that and just take my my training serious like yep. even sometimes with my coaches showing technique I'll drift away man I'm, I'm a drifter you know what I mean? right. <laughs> just like that and then I'm like can you show that again and just usually I'm thinking about fights thinking about fights are a lot of stupid stuff but um, two years ago like I lost my job uh, I got sacked I was working in steelworks for like nine years mm. And um, funny enough, I got sacked for like going away and training and going away and watching Celtic abroad and stuff like that. When I was pulling sickies and I found my Instagram, all the days I was half sick, I was in another country. So you've only, you only been very covert. They caught me at a belter. <laughs> and I was working for nine years and I was a, I was a dead end steelwork job. I worked a forklift and cut metal and I could use every machine. So I thought it was golden. I was only mm. a couple of in. But nah, sure enough, man, they sacked me. And like, then that's when I went full-time uh, fighting mm-hmm. um, I trained twice three times a day I got my rest in which was vital because working at a nine-year-old shift going to train at night you're fucked you're just uh, you're unmotivated and mm-hmm. lethargic but so when I went full-time I just smashed out the park I no. my last ten, nine, ten fights I've only lost one to Colin Fletcher and it was a, a split decision and it was fight of the year yeah. fight of the year so and I thought I won it so apart from that, like I've been on a roll since I lost my job, so that was, was the best thing that ever happened to me, basically. Right. You know what I mean? So, fuck you, Excel Steel. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> right, man. This is something that we talk about quite a lot in the podcast. Is having pe- the kind of bravery to aye, like man. go and chase it. I like people that have actually got the balls to just be like, Do you know what? Fuck it, I'm gonna give this a go. Do you know it, what I mean? Like it, a lot of us don't have that. Man. It's, it's a sacrifice because this day and age, money is everything. Like you mm. need to pay bills here. It's shit's tight everything. as well it's not I just know. about chasing it you know what I mean like, it doesn't go as far as I remember it going and, and you know what I mean There's, there is a big pressure there on a lot of folk mm. to go and you know like the old go and get a real job yeah. you know what I mean like that voice in the back of your head like this get a real job yeah. be a grown up what, what is a real job though uh, but you know what I mean but uh, all I always say is like you never like wait if you sit you wake up in the morning you sit at the end of your bed and you, you always take that wee second before you get up but are you you're already in a negative mindset, like, I hate my job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, why would anybody want to walk to work or drive to work? Yeah. Hating, waking up hating that. Like, yeah. I'm not saying, like, everybody can go and do their dream because they can't, because it is hard out there. Yep. And people won't make it and they'll, they'll try and grind away, but, like, just, just stay something that makes you happy. Because yep. if you're happy, you're passing on that positive energy to other people you bump into and you're smiling and steady, like, I hate this place. I think as well is is that you know as I said it's not always possible for everybody to go and live the dream. That's just the realities of life. But like there is a choice you can make in terms of your mindset and between that negativity and positive. That's something I've learned in recent years is that you 
can choose how you feel about these scenarios, you know what I mean? And I think even that is something that a lot of ordinary people struggle with. Aye, definitely. You know Man, I mean, I, mean I, was, I was in bands, I tried to make it music, and a lot of people say to me, like, you disappointed that you never made it? And I used to be, but mm. see now, I'm not really. Mm. It's like, I gave it a good fucking go. So myself in the mirror and go, I gave it a go, man. Like, I didn't, I don't think I, I half arsed it, do you know what I mean? Aye. I think if I'd have half arsed it, I would have probably, Aye. I was surrounded by a couple of people that were half arsing it, but mm. I gave it a good fucking go, and that's all that matters Aye, to me, really. Do you know what I mean, man? I think that that's, that's what's important. Like, if as long as you can sort of tell yourself, if you had a dream that you had a fucking right good pop at it, do you know what I mean? On the other side of it, you get your best. Aye, definitely, man. man. Do you think that having... So, like, you've you've probably had both scenarios where you've been training and you've been building up for a fight and you've not had a lot of money and you've been training and you're building up for a fight and that's sort of kind of taken care of. Mm. Do you think that sort of gives you freedom just to sort of focus on what you're doing? Oh, night and day. Like, as I said, when I worked in the steelworks, like, I was skint. I had a car. I don't know if you heard, but uh, I heard my other podcast. I had a car and I didn't have any money to put petrol in it, so I walked to work and mm. then when people were like, Who's a car? And I was like, oh, it's in the garage getting fixed. Because I was embarrassed to say I didn't have money to put bed. So that's how skint I was. Mm. To now, having a wee bit more comfort, um, I'm not loaded by any means, but mm. just that wee bit of breathing space to to get to train all right and get a car and put petrol in it and yeah. go out for food and go wee lads' holidays, go holidays with a girlfriend, mm. stuff like that. So... Um, that's that's what I'm happy about. I don't want to be have a flashy car or a big massive house, but as long as I've got a roof over my head and a wee bit of comfort money wise, then I'm I'm happy, man. You know what I mean, mm, you making plans for after fighting? Um, I don't know. I've always thought in my area, Holyton, like maybe opening a wee gym in there to try and help the youth guys, mm-hmm. so like the younger people. <clears throat> not getting them off the street, eh, like sadly saying, like carrying knives and stuff for that and drink because. I, I drank in the streets, not not me. No. <laughs> We've all done it. <laughs> but, um, we were saying, I've Mike Matt McGee just got busted last night. The first time we <laughs> did so, going back the the afternoon to deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> As I say, we've all been there, I mean. Yep. So um, right if I could maybe maybe open my wee gym in Hollytown to get them off the street to to keep them a bit busy, like after I retire, I don't know. Maybe something to look into that. Maybe help Hollytown a wee bit. I don't know. I'm not a fucking lifesaver like or that, but. Hit squad franchise hit on the squ- go. Hollytown hit squad? No, I mean, that's uh, got a ring to it. Fucking right, man. Just get them to spread their name out, man. But that or pro wrestling, like try and open my doors up a wee bit. Maybe a wee bit of acting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ronald Villiers. <laughs> <laughs> pro wrestling must have a longer career, but. Than, than getting smashed in the fucking head, do you know what I mean? Because even though like I've got so much respect for people that go and do it, because they do get hurt, man. Absolutely, like, it's dangerous. It's Aye. dangerous. Work. And they do it all year round. Like, yeah, sometimes twice a day. Uh, there was a big I mean? thing on um, John Oliver last week about obviously the conditions and stuff for pro wrestlers, and like it's grueling, it's man. The, like, see the bumps you take. So that's what I've been learning. The bumps and. Uh, they're agony. See if you never land at your back on a, like a canvas, it's just like a, sh- a, a jolt through your full body. And you need to do that hundreds of times, land in the front, flip bumps, and learning how to take care <clears> of other people as well. Like being able to facilitate aye. the efforts without them that's, themselves. That's, that, a that big was, party that's what I was worried about when I was doing my training because I had my Bellator fight on, and you're putting your faith, and people are not really trained to suplex you, so they pick you up. And I was going with this <coughs> young guy called John Paul. And he was so nervous and, as I said, rigid. And like, I've got a big fight coming up. This guy's got to drive me in my head, you know what I mean? So, stuff like that. But, aye, the bumps you take all year round, 
like that's got to fuck your body up. Fucking I mean. right, man. You seen any of the Jake the Snake stuff? That's like, exactly what I was going to say there. You'd be wanting to be like a like a like an old Jake the Snake. Right, man. That Diamond Dallas Page stuff that he's Save bringing guys life, back yeah. for the fucking dead. Man. It's like DDP yoga. You know, I've tried it. I've tried it, mate. I, I do yoga, but I've never tried the old DDP. I downloaded it up, and I don't do yoga, and I thought. I did think, do you know what, I need to start stretching a wee bit more here. It was just as I was, I had about three months into doing like Muay Thai and stuff, and I was like, I'm fuck, my hips are fucking fucked yeah. here, man. Like, I need to do some stretching. I downloaded it and I went straight to the power. So it's like, get the difference, get like four different levels. It's get start, or here's where you start, starts in your bed. So, like, you literally, it's for army vets and Oh, I, I know, I remember we've talked about this before. And then um, I get you to do sit ups in the bed and then it progresses. I went straight to the five out of five and then I. <laughs> Popped my shoulder. Expert level. I it was doing like 10 second push ups where you need to go down for 10 seconds, hold it for 10 seconds, then push back up for 10 seconds. I was like, nah, nice. nah. Nice. <laughs> back down to like two or three out of 10. But it's it's incredible, man. It really is, man. See, after you've done it, you feel fucking amazing. And I mean, watching that documentary it literally would bring a tear to your eye, like some of the stuff. And that guy, Jake, Jake the Snake, or Jake Roberts, I can't even remember what the, boy, the guy's real name is, but his story's fucking incredible, man. Some of the shit that he aye. went through, man. Crack cocaine addiction. Aye. And he was abused getting, as well, wasn't he? Aye, that's aye. right. Getting getting forced into the ring and shit. Just aye. getting dropped. Did you see him, man? Like, the curtain. He was, aye. He was that fucked. And that, so I just hit the DDT, you know what? Like, just, just do the finisher and then get out there. And he couldn't even do it. And the promoter wasn't paying him and stuff. Like aye, that. man. Cunts would hate fighting. It was like, you're, you're in with Jake tonight. And they'd be like, ah, fuck. Because he was actually punching fuck out people. <coughs> oh, right. And then they never knew what he was going to do with that fucking snake. Ah, well, yeah, true. He would refuse to f- wrestle unless I was like <coughs> crack and he, waiting for him in his hotel room and stuff. Like, like there better be drugs up there waiting and I'll do it and then go up to that. So that's how he used to bargain with the promoters. Cautionary tale, <laughs> him, man. You heard him talk about try to get home and live a normal life. Mm-hmm. After being on the road, they would be like having like foursomes just shagging all these bums on the road and then get him to his wife and just be like pure bored out his fucking mind <laughs> oh, and Jesus talks Christ. about that how he had to like recalibrate himself to like live <laughs> a normal life man it's fucking aye, these crazy. guys are on the road like 300 days a year aren't they you know what I mean like, well aye the WWF guys that's what they're talking about like twice a day so make them go out there and fucking batter fuck out each other twice a day it's crazy you do quite a bit I mean there's the on your banner like your that you use in the ring you've got uh, Chrissy's house is it yeah aye Tell us a wee bit more because I, I I heard you talk about this on James English, but mm. you and James spoke about it because he's both knew what was mm. going on, and I was kind of like, what the, what is this? So Chrissy's house is a charity in Wishaw. Basically, it's to prevent suicide, uh, to, to raise awareness for suicide. Um, it was a she was, uh, the lady's called Anne Rowan who started it because she lost her son Chris. Um, so mm. she started this project years ago now um, and it's the only place in Scotland and or the UK that you can phone like 24-7 um, to, to speak to somebody or go in and okay. talk to somebody and they're doing, they're doing wonders um, and we just started obviously suicides it's rife in our area I yeah. don't know what it's like up, up in Glasgow the Motherwell areas had a oh. lot of really young guys in the last and I know Motherwell Football Club as well yeah. have paid yeah. a lot of attention to it in, in that area recently most of them are my friends that I happen to uh, my friends a few of my friends fathers my teammates um, Bullfrog Bullfrog who I play for like two year players a goalkeeper and a striker did it and my teammates Lil Broad just did it as well <coughs> so it is everywhere so 
we started a charity uh, to help raise awareness with Chrissy's House um, a few years back. So we have like a football uh, charity tournament, mm-hmm. seven aside during the day. Then at night we have like a disco with bands, DJs, big raffle, giveaway like signed jerseys, holidays, five star holidays, and that in a raffle. It's it's a great night. So this will be our third year. Um, the first year we raised like four, and then the second year, yeah, last year we raised twenty one grand. So that's amazing. Yes, we're not the only ones that this, uh, everybody helps with Chrissy's house and it's just, it keeps the lights on and the wheels running basically yeah. and like, I went in like two weeks ago um, to set in one of Andy McLaren, he's a, a former professional footballer, yeah. I don't know. Aye. Struggled with addiction and stuff. Yeah, like he, he does like a, um, a lifestyle group. Was Dundee United he played for? Yep, he won the Aye. Scottish Cup with Dundee United. So he does like a lifestyle group where um, young men come in, sit down, they could be like depressed or in, be trying to get off drugs or just anything, anything at all. Um, so I sat in just as a guest because I've, I've grew up, I've had some problems and stuff like that. So I, I shared as well. And that was the first time I was through the back of Chrissy's house. And I just thought it was just Anne and maybe Andy. Mm-hmm. But there's like 20 workers non stop, be people in, people out. It's a, it's a crazy uh, operation they've got. And hats after them, they're doing wonders. Like people coming in. All hours in the morning, there's somebody to put the kettle on, talk to them, and that's really important, man. Because yeah. I think a lot of this happens when in two, three in the morning. I mean, I've exactly. That's where your thoughts are, like when you're lying yeah. in bed and in the wheels. Maybe for some cases, like they're on like drug, taking a few lines or on drugs, or they yeah. fell with a girlfriend, and I think that's where the, these thoughts come in, like oh, I can't do this anymore, stuff like that. So, um, I we just we just tell them help raise awareness that let people know that that's the air if you're ever having thoughts or this is a place mm-hmm. to go so like I'm no I'm not like savour that and like I, I don't do a lot but if I can use my platform to say look Chrissy's house is Absolutely. there then then so be it no? I think it's important as well I think especially when we talk about you know the, you know things like Motherwell and guys yeah. like yourself like one of the things we've discussed on on sort of previous podcasts is Suicides are really complex issue, and there's never ever one defining factor that yes. really drives it. There's a number of things in play, but like one of the things is obviously one notions of we're in masculinity and what a man should be and all that kind of stuff. So I think when you know guys like yourself who are in a really sort of masculine industry, guys like the football teams like Motherwell, the, you know managers and like first yeah. team players coming out and actually saying to people like, let's talk about this. Like yeah. I think that's something that can really make an impact to a lot of folk that it wouldn't normally reach. So I think like back in the day, like uh, the ma- the man way, the old school way was just about living up. Yeah, you know I mean, like don't you you probably laughed at it if you, you had to come out back in the day and said you had problems. Hundred percent, man. You imagine like, Mike Tyson coming out in the eighties and being like, I'm struggling with yeah. my mental health. People would have been like, fucking cancel him, yeah, man. But no, guys like Tyson Fury, like yeah. you're talking about, and even like like you're saying, you're using your own platform. I'm sure that the guys at Chrissy's house, even though yeah. you're saying I'm not a lifesaver. But you're taking that word and yeah. you're spreading it about as much as you can. I've man. had I've had a few set up a few nights just answer messages. People like to talk about me, so sometimes I enjoy that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When people come to me for help, and I can't say much, but if they want to talk for a bit, then then I find my part of there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that was quite cool a few times, and it's nice when you help somebody and they appreciate it and stuff like that because it's still a bit weird that I could actually help somebody mm-hmm. of course man <laughs> we're all tra- we all need to just help each other but don't we man it's, we all just need to talk about how it's so strange man you think about two, three, four years ago if you were sitting going 
we need to band together and talk about how we're feeling. You would be a wee bit like, mm, what? But no, it's just, I just realised the, the importance of it, man. Right. It's like, that, that's their course, and that was an eye opening, like, grown men just, just pouring their heart out, and then the guy beside them supporting them, like putting a hand on them, we can do it. And, and I was like, this is amazing, this is fucking so. Then I end up opening up, so I'm no hanging there, they're thinking I'm just sitting there listening to their problems and judging them. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no. Fucking want to use, man. Like, let's talk and all. Like, so that was an eye opener for me. That was. I think as well when we talked off mic beforehand, we had obviously a previous guest, uh, Gary Falls, I mean, yourselves, he's running his group. I mean, that's largely, you know, ex service personnel and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's no just about whether it's young lads in the local area or, you know, ex service personnel who are, you know, probably tough as nails, you know what I mean? Like, everybody works. Getting out and talking about it, it just works. You know How much do you think the the martial arts and the focus that you get for your camps sort of keeps you rooted and makes you no go down rabbit holes or, like, negative thinking and thinking that everything's just no worth it? Aye, it definitely keeps me... keeps me disciplined and uh, gives me something to work towards and really really gives me focus on... Mm -hmm. I'm more focused on martial arts and learning anything in life, so... It saved me. It saved me. It definitely saved my life because when I was younger, obviously, I'd have been getting into trouble and stuff like that. So I could be in jail or anything, or just like sadly, like a few people that like now, like you could be yeah. dead. dead so another else. statistic, exactly. Mate. So it's definitely saved my life. So you think about that pivot point in your life when you lost that job in the steelworks and you had been there for ten years, whatever yeah. it is, and that could have been the catalyst for so much negativity, but instead. You've went, no, nah, I'm going to have a right good fucking go being yeah, a, no. a professional fighter, mate. It's so admirable. Do you know what I mean? No. It's like an inspiration, and honestly. Growing up, it wasn't like, my dream wasn't to be a fighter. Right. I wanted to be a fireman. <laughs> a fireman or a joiner or obviously play for Celtic. But fighting, I just I just became good at it. I just became good at it. Then it's like people say, hey, you want to be world champion or you want to be number one. But I don't. Like, I'm not in this to be world champion. If it happens, it happens. But I'm not coming out saying... I'm coming for that belt, Chandler. I'm coming for that belt, fucking Khabib or something. Not me, yeah. but I'm no. It's no. It's not. I mean, it wasn't a dream. It's not a dream to be world champion. If that, that might be sounding weird because I'm a no, fighter, no, but not at all, man. Like, it's not. I think when I've obviously heard. Obviously, dreams. I've got a few, a lot of belts, and I like, I like having a belt, but Aye, of course, it's man. just never been a dream. Like I'm going to be world champion one day. Like all these fighters always say that, mm-hmm. and they don't really. That's. I think that. that's just a. That's just. One of the things that they're sort of expected to say. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I don't know if a lot of them do actually... Do you know what I mean? If they were to go, right, okay, cool, you can sign your contract right now and go and get your shot, they'd be like, fuck Aye. off, man. You know what I mean? Like, Put it in their bio, like future UFC champ. <laughs> future I think that's champ. almost like that sort of thing, that bullshit that you get with like the secret. Yeah. You ever, you ever heard of like visualisations and being like, if you say it, it'll happen. Yeah. And it's like, that's not always true, man. I think that you're... You're well humble, and that's a good thing. That's the only thing. That I think it's weird that you say you never wanted to be a fighter because, and and obviously the build up to the day, I've looked up previous interviews and you know fights and various other bits and bobs, and even now listening to you talk about it, you can actually see it beaming out of you that you absolutely fucking love it. You know, what I mean? so <laughs> I do, there, I do there was a time that you never wanted to do it. Doesn't it, doesn't it compute with me? Yeah, I do love fighting. Don't get a lie. Like when you're tapping a guy. Try to crush your skull with your elbows, like you're like you must have a wee bit of something no going on in there, know what I mean? But um, I do love fighting. I love I do love the buzz, the walk walk out, the the build up, the interviews, and you know, the winning, obviously. But I 
Like, it just wasn't like So see, after the fight, obviously, we've, well, I keep saying obviously, we got, I got trended this the other week. Yeah, you <laughs> somebody, somebody commented on a YouTube video saying, God, stop saying obviously. Uh, <laughs> I, keep, I know, keep, keep saying obviously, it's new in there, obviously I can't get rid of it. So, like, we've talked about <coughs> the build-up, the training camps, the mentality of that thing. Like, see on the other side of it, you, you've had the walkout, you've had the fight, you've walked out, you've sparked the guy out in his arse. And you're up on the ring, hands above your head. What comes next? Is there a like an actual warm down process? Kind of like, does it take a week to kind of get back out of the mentality? Or is it just you're back to being everyday Chris there and then? Straight away on the dairy milk. I can't imagine you're pretty finely tuned the by the time you get to that point. You know uh, what I mean? Like, the last fight, I was on a, I was on a cloud for weeks. I just think just because of the how I went down and the, the size of the fight. But I like. <laughs> Usually I go after my fight. I'll go for a couple of days just drinking. So right. once once the hangover goes away, now I'm just just back to normal, be normal. But the last fight was a bit different because I was on a cloud for weeks. Like I was just kept watching the finish back or just try to get through everybody's meals. Like see after my fight, all I did was lie in my hotel bed. I didn't go in Newcastle and go through meals like people's just all this positive messages mm. and I was just buzzing, just going through them all and like. It was the the love I got was unbelievable, and next thing I know, it was eleven o'clock. The next day, and I'm still on my phone, and I'm getting picked up to go home. I was just like, I was up all night just looking at my phone. Man. Fuck's like, sake. didn't feel tired, didn't it? Just, just, just high and and, and and adrenaline, and just just enjoying the moment. So Aye, that was a, that was a good one because I was I was laughing for a few weeks, like, and then people were uh, uh, grannies were stopping me in the street, right? This woman was must have been seventy, eighty, and I'm like, you, I got a woman to watch MMA. Uh, that's that's like, did they send you any like? Asking you to sign her glove. She's like, I sat my wee drink doing, and then it was all. I suppose that's the benefit of the Channel Five element, right. you know. Uh, what uh, I mean? Whereas if, had it been, you know, pay per view, that an audience it might have denied you. Better numbers and home and away and neighbours in the opening week. So that's what I was going to say. Did they send you numbers? Did they tell you like how you had done? Was there any numbers for Scotland? Because uh, um, it I, felt to me, and I might just have been in my fucking bubble on social media, but it felt to me like the full of the west of Scotland was watching that uh, fight. Do you know what I mean? Uh, they didn't give me, give me numbers back or figures, but they say it was a massive success. Um, people were like throwing house parties watching my fight and nightclubs and pubs Aye. were showing it. And people were sending me their bets. Like I was at five to one, people were putting up. Manners and money, mate. I was just like, better put the phone off before I fight because nah, it make it worse. But people have thrown house parties and watching me fight. People I didn't know. Uh, that that was quite cool. Aye, cool, man. man. I think, and especially in the UK, we've been waiting for something like this mm. because the UFC is on at seven in the morning. It's it isn't the only one we want to watch. Know. Do you know what I mean? One of my mates, see when the UFC's in London, we're fucking buzzing, like 10 o'clock at night, yes, Saturday night, we can can just watch it, sit and get stoned and just sit and watch it, whatever, and then when it was, Bellator was was announced in Newcastle and it was on Channel 5, everybody that I knew was like, (laughs) oh, I can't wait for this, I can't wait for this, mate, so it was literally like... The London one's got to be good, because the main card's unbelievable, like Musassi and Paul Daly... Mel, uh, Melvin Manhoof's fighting on it, right. James Gallagher, so that's the main card, so it's got to be tasty, and you've mm-hmm. got me, but it's got 16 fights on it, so... Have they got to show them on Channel 5? No. they show like 6 or something? I'll be, say, I'll be about 6 or right. something, but the other ones are on Sky Sports and stuff, so it's both channels, this one, 
So, right, aye, because right. the Sky Sports show the, the American Bellator, aye, aye, but they're showing London. So they're showing as well. this one. Yeah. So you'll be on Sky Sports, mate. I know. It's, it's just like my old Albert's memories. I know. <laughs> I, know. I, know. I was going to say, it's funny to say that that is like an ambition to get on Sky Sports. Do you know? but Ten years from now, we'll be talking to somebody about, oh, so what was your insight? It was when I watched Chris <laughs> on Sky Sports. Take somebody's head off like George Albert. Uh, right, How do you feel about, I mean, your cut looked pretty fucking brutal. And yeah, it's brutal. It, well, I, I mentioned Darren Till. Mine's is worse than Darren Till's. I think that his was, knockout, his, easy. his last knockout was today with the size he's cut. Do you know Aye. what I mean? Like, it, it didn't he? I mean, it was a, it was a fair punch that he Aye. took, but it fucking, he literally went stiff and went air, man. I don't know if that's. Can I actually see Darren Till looks different when he time he fights? Like he looks like a something. different person. Mm-hmm. And that's the same with me when I weigh in, but the next time I fight, my, I'm back to normal. But it's because when you're cutting weight, you're taking all the water out of you and your face is draining and stuff. Would you prefer not to do that? Why? Oh, <laughs> Think you should uh, ban it. Yeah, they could ban Must it. Must talk in there. They would need to do a lot of weigh-ins, like pre-weigh-ins, halfway through camps, just making sure that people are still at the same weight and stuff like that. So maybe early weigh-ins, like three weeks out, two mm-hmm. weeks out, then the normal weigh-ins, just so they can keep Everybody's, track of it. Aye, there's no mad fluctuation, aye, like big fluctuation between them. You'll see my, my documentaries out next month, like... That one in Newcastle was a tough one because we used the wrong scales and I thought it was lighter than I was and then I took a kilo cut within a few hours. Mm. So this is all documented and you know, it's, it's tough, man. So were you in the fucking hot baths? I was in four baths and then they didn't have an actual sauna and a dry sauna in the hotel. They only had a steam room, which is the worst if you're trying to sweat because you don't know if you're sweating because it could be steam. It could be steam. Aye. So that was another thing and I was up and doing, checking my weight. I couldn't walk really. So... It was a tough one, but we finally got there. They've changed it a wee bit. You can weigh in 9 o'clock to 11 o'clock, you get this window in the morning. So we were like good for nine, so you've got more time to obviously rehydrate. Mm-hmm. And that's when we found out the skills were run. So then I did that hours to lost the two kilo. <laughs> Fucking hell, man. You know what I mean? Two kilo is a lot. Aye. Especially you've been dehydrated for 24 hours, no air or drank. In Aye, you're already hours. weak. Yeah, big time. So. How, that was, that how testing fun. is it? Like, to your mental toughness, that shit, man? Because like, I... But see, because I've always... I see, because I always do it. I know I can do it. So... Right. But it's horrible. Like, the first bath's easy, second bath's not bad, third, fourth bath's horrendous. You're floating about, you're trying to get out. You need to keep your, your full body under as much water as you can. Yeah. And it needs to be roasting, scalding hot. Okay. So... But you get restless, I'm torn. Then you go under the covers, you get restless. Can't swallow, and it's just it's just horrible. Then, if you're a wee bit to go, you still need to go down to a sauna with a sweatsuit on, and <laughs> you, you wear yourself up, wee bit made to go back in again. It's like a fucking torture chamber. That sounds like the stuff of man, so, English, man. So, that's what? that's why I say how I'm mentally tough because I cut a lot of weight, and there's not a lot of people that can do what I do, so I'm already winning that game. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I could do that, man. But I genuinely don't. Be fucking horrible. But it does have its side effects where like <coughs> how you perform, your volume, your output for three hard rounds when I fought th- uh, Fletcher in my last defeat. In the third round I'd fuck all. I was still I was still competing but mm. if I didn't have when he missed weight with hunters as well. But um if I had to do it a wee bit better I think I could be more a better output in the third round mm-hmm. where it matters sometimes you need a strong third round to maybe win the fight or whatever or stay in the fight so 
there's, there's, there's that side to it, like, is the draining yourself, so as the fight goes on, how's your body got to be? Aye, stamina-wise, it's yeah. counterproductive sometimes. It's fucking brain damage, man. It's the, the damage <laughs> that, that, that it must do to your brain, getting it rattled. Because as soon as you take a hit, man, it's just getting rattled about inside your head. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's no, there isn't enough liquid for it yeah. to fucking that's take that impact, man. That's how people end up actually out. Do you know what I mean? Like, totally yeah. sparked out. So, I think, like, they should, I think it should just be more, like, at a good weight do you know yeah. what I mean like a healthy weight why not just have two healthy guys fight against each yeah. other instead of two guys that have been so drained and have to like rehydrate yourself totally. like back up I agree. what's yeah. the rehydrate I'm interested to know what the rehydration process is like do you take in like deorolites and yeah I do like, so it's like yeah. electrolytes and all that's that? the best thing I do I look forward to that, that wee sachet or two but they're <laughs> fucking howling as well man <laughs> they're but just brilliant at the yeah, time you've not had water for two days I, like it's, you're not even thinking about food, but I would kill somebody for a bottle of water, a litre of water. So it's just it's just all about getting the, the, the water back into your body mm-hmm. before you even think about eating. Um, some people do wee cockfuls, but I don't. I guzzle it, I don't post it because it can damage you, but that's how bad I am. I guzzle it. Oh, as soon as I guzzle, I just start sweating feet everywhere. But um, I, I can walk, I can weigh in at 70 kilo, and then time I fight the next day, I'm back up at 79 kilo, put on 9 kilo overnight. Just That's with incredible. Water, with water and stuff like that, so, aye, it's, that's no fun though. No. That's, the, that's the worst bit of Absolutely does thing. not, man. Do you have any concerns, especially with like, maybe not Bellator, but in places that you've fought before about people taking steroids? And oh, Bellator's full of steroids abusers. Is it really? Aye. aye. Fucking All hell. the American guys, like, the champion Chandler's a steroid abuser. So they don't, They've not got <coughs> testings, or is it They've just testing? But there's no strict is um, the, or the is UFC. UFCI. Um, I think some some get like pop in checks, like surprise checks and stuff like that. But I think with the UFC, everybody gets tested regularly and thorough. And Everybody's getting caught now as well, man. I, I don't know why they keep doing it though. Like if you're getting checked. Think they'll aye, what are you like, playing at? You're no, you're no better than anybody, especially aye. this guy, this Jeff Nowitzki guy who caught like, Lance Armstrong or whatever it was. Was it Lance or Neil? I don't know. No, the guy Lance, Lance Armstrong. Aye, Neil Armstrong landed on the moon. Uh, uh, <laughs> or did he? Can't hear that. So, don't start with the man. I see these eyes light up there. I've like, got an Eddie Bravo <laughs> here. Nearly had to hold him down in the chair there. But like with this Jeff Nowitzki guy jumping about, like catching everybody, you, you still wonder why are these guys doing it? Do they think that they're smart on this guy? Well, that's like, it. I think guys like Dillashaw and um, John and Jones, they, they must, they're supposed to be microdosing. Uh, it must be somebody in their group that's saying, I can beat it. Aye, we can scientist beat guys, but they're rats, they're cheats, not mean. Like, I've no I've time for steroids at all. Never been tempted. Uh, never, never. Even like Good for you, mate. the Bellator, like you're like if you're coming up against some of these American guys, that are, you're like, I mean, why even the playing field? Not I mean because it just ruin your body as well. Like I, I'm no one. I'm no educated in them. And two, like, like I wouldn't feel right taking it myself. Like knowing I've cheated. Like um, that's the thing that always got me about it. I, I remember the the Lance Armstrong stuff and. Watch the the documentary, the Icarus. Icarus with the Russian dude and all the rest of it, and you know, oh, everybody's doing it, it's rife, etc., etc. But for me, I don't get how I would feel stunning on a podium with a trophy above my head, knowing that I cheated uh, to get exactly. there. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. I, that's the bit that didn't resonate with me. I get, I get the realities of 
you know, sponsorship mm-hmm. pressures and all these other things that can play a factor. It would definitely the take away from like, that. That would you want it? 24 hours that you had described after your last fight, you must have had that pure sense of elation and just that, like, I've done this. Aye, there would be Aye. probably about 10 or 15, 20% of that gone because you would, in the back of your mind, it would be coming up going, I bet I, I, I took steroids. I took. So you'd be missing out. You know, you'd be missing out on quite a lot of your achievement by just doing that. But I think that's how Rangers feel when they uh, about the trophies they won when they uh, <laughs> can they pay their bills. No, they don't have any shame, mate. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't know, man. I mean, still trying to claim them. Talking about the Rangers support, I've seen that fucking uh, James English was trying to get a Rangers and a Celtic fan yeah. into debate, and it's like, surely <laughs> that'll be like a, a one sentence debate about them cheating. And uh, then that's yeah. it. I mean, what is there? What is there to debate in Scottish football? It's like there's yeah. there's a good side and there's a bad side. Literally, that's yeah. the way I fucking see it. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> I might be biased, but maybe just a wee bit. I just like your club died. See you later on, James. Yep. Bye. Bye. <laughs> exactly. You're no Rangers. How do you feel about that? And just turn the mic on them and just sit back. And like, so I love when they say that it needs to be a civil debate, and you're like. Mm. I have a debate, but I don't think it's going to be sad. Ah, yeah, I don't. The Clyde one phone in a minute. Oh, you listen to me. Oh, you listen to me. They should just, pick just the two biggest roasters on Twitter like that. What's the boy Andy Lacey? Lacey. Andy Lacey should get Andy Lacey versus Irish Mick. Paul with him. Paul with him. The brain. The brain or brain damage guy that's always pure. Paul Arkin. Get Paul Arkin in versus fucking Andy Lassie. Something else that I noticed, and I don't know why, I was just like, do you know what? I'm going to ask him this question. Like, why do you still buy DVDs? You're literally. Finally, a question that I've never heard before. You're literally. Something I don't get asked about is like. Your DVD collection? Aye. Like time warp. <laughs> <laughs> I've got um, hard drives. <laughs> I like, know. I just always collected them, even like my old VHS day. I had hundreds of right. videos. I'd go to boot sales with my papa and just like, I get my pocket money, boom, away in. Videos, just like videos. I just probably never heard they. I just buy them and watch them. I just love films. Mm. So now, like, I changed my, my films out of my DVDs now. It's just. Ever since, just you're a huge film buff, but aren't Aye, you? I used to. I worked in Virgin Megastore for four years, and I had a collection that ended up three thousand, and I sold them a pound a disc to the guy that missing records underneath the bridge. Nice. Maybe about fucking nine years ago or something. Um, Are he, you also a movie buff? He got a, oh fuck! Aye. Yes, huge. This is the podcast I've been waiting for. <laughs> huge. Right, go for it. Which right? So. I, know you're going to I don't. Say I don't know. Enough. I don't know what question to ask. I really don't know what question to ask. So, what's your favourite? Like, all, no, all time, but right now, what's your favourite oh, movie? Right now, because mine's goes in like we cycle. Aye, so does mine. Mine's is like, all oh, depends your genre as well. Like, because I've got like, just say like a top five, but like I could fire like a comedy like Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence Life is like all always been one of my all time right, favourites. But it's right. a comedy, but it's not like it's not like my Pulp Fiction, which I love as well. Not mean so. It all depends, but I met Tarantino once. No way. I have oh, Jesus, man. Stank of shite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no kidding on. He, he seems like a guy that would probably reeked. like have a stench to oh, him. Oh, he reeked, man. He smelled, he smelled like a damp carpet. Where did you meet him? He had done a PA in Virgin Megastore. In, in Scotland? Mm-hmm. Did he? In Buchanan Street. Oh, and I've got like signed, I've got a signed copy of Kill Bill. Reservoir oh, Dogs, Pulp Fiction, just stop. like I've I've got a I've got a DVD collection. We brought up the DVD, so it's ain't gonna be Quentin Tarantino. I know. I've got a DVD he's, collection that's five strong and it's five Tarantino movies that he's that he signed. I've got always eight as well, like he's my favourite, definitely. Mm. Like um 
That's the one I was watching. Um, Hateful Eight, like the That's for ages. I, me and my girlfriend used to watch that every night. Like I could play the partner, but it didn't get a lot of good good uh, reviews. But I, I loved it. I yeah. Absolutely fucking loved it. So he's. He, I mean, I like meeting him. It's almost like that sort of thing. You shouldn't meet one of your heroes, man. Uh, it, it seemed creepy. Uh, um, well, I well, we know any. things to say about. Aye, he had this Wu Tang Clan T-shirt on. <laughs> And the whitest guy ever in a wood thing. He was fucking stinking. <laughs> and um, then I seen him on Jonathan. So that was the Monday. And then I watched Jonathan Ross on the Friday night, which had been filmed on the Wednesday. And he was wearing the same clothes. Uh, so he must have went on Jonathan Ross. Absolutely fucking, aye, uh. absolutely fucking stinking. <laughs> um, but he's one of my heroes in like a sort of film sense. But it's almost like now, like you're saying, all this stuff comes out and you're kind of like, oh, for fuck's sake, but I'm, I'll still love his movies. Like, yeah. His movies are fucking amazing, man. Um, Pulp Fiction's one of my favourites all the time. That's my number one. Um, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back's one of my favourite oh. movies all the time. <laughs> I love Kevin Smith. That's, <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that, that and Clerks too. That's how I feel about seeing when people give me a negative comment on Twitter. Like, yep. Like, I'm like, fucking like, clown shit. Jesus, I'm Bob, <laughs> who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> there? No, Did you see this? They're in Mubi, the Mubi muffin place that's supposed to be McDonald's, and he's like, he's, he goes on a mad fucking tirade. And like, Silent Bob's typing the tirade, and there's like Wayne's behind him, like, sitting uh, fucking <laughs> looking at him. You are the ball lickers. That's it. He's like, <laughs> I'm going to make you eat your shit, and then make you spew up your shit, and then make you eat that spew that's given <laughs> your oh, shit, something yeah. like that, man. It's like fucking amazing. But I, but I get rid of my DVD collection and just went fully digital. You? How dare you? I know, man. It was when Blu-ray came out, and I just thought, I'm not paying 20 quid for a fucking movie. Uh, like, fuck that shit. I've not got any Blu-rays, actually. No. no fuck no. them, man. Uh, like, I'm not doing the converting out of this now, and I'll have a fucking other cupboard full of Blu-rays. Aye, that's it, man. So you think you get a chance to maybe use your profit to star in a movie or get involved somewhere along the line? I don't know, man. I don't, honestly don't Wouldn't know. Wouldn't they roll it out? I thought we'd be a chance of getting in there, man. Celebrity Fitbit games in uh, a movie. Ah, <laughs> right. Fucking right. Get to play Celtic Park, mate. That would uh, be the... That would be a dream. Get that. Uh, like, in your I, fucking... I could score. I could I could score in the games, man. I seen some of them. Where do you like play? Up front. Uh, up front I could, uh, imagine getting to play up front with Henrik, man. At a charity oh, football game. Aye, aye, aye. I wouldn't be able to walk in a park. I don't think it's Gerard right. Butler, whole kind of half the fucking park. I'd be like the T1000 when it turns to ice, just collapse. <laughs> Can you play football in a race? Henrik, I know. Aye, get Kieran Tierney to get your hat in the ring for the next one in the summer, whatever charity aye. or whatever testimonial comes up, man. That would be an absolute fucking dream. Aye. Just fucking body slam Gerard Butler half the fucking park. He's a I met, I met, I met Gerard Butler at the airport. I just came back from Thailand and I had a long flight. My girlfriend was bust. And I'm like, he was just at the baggies bit, and I just seen him with a hat on. And I was just like, what's happening, Jerry boy? And he's just like, all right. And my boss was like, let's go, let's go. And I was like, fucking Jerry boy. Oh, I actually wanted a photo, though. But we were fucked with like a 12-hour flight. <laughs> he's just like, he was under, he was like, undercover a wee bit. Right. But I just noticed him, I just looked at him like, oh, hey, Jerry, Does he sound? He's like, what's happening? I think nobody else noticed him, but I was kind of raging I didn't get a picture of him. Aye, man. Like, he's not my favourite, but like... I enjoyed that a lot about just the whole that. fucking yeah, Israel shite and well, then fucking well. greeting about his house being on fire and guns were just all air on yeah, that was weird wasn't it like, was taking just, selfies uh, in the burning <laughs> house uh, <laughs> like alright mate fuck's sake it's not like you've not got the money to replace the fucking house is it fuck's <laughs> but I he seems alright it's just I, I've got a bit of a sort of sour taste in my mouth because I get to I go to Celtic Park at like testimonials and charity matches and you're just like you just fucking come out here Aye. play these big games and then fuck off do you know what I mean so, so what's your favourite film do you like Shutter Island Shutter 
I, I did enjoy it. Um, I'm over anything Scorsese. Uh, like that, so that I was going to really? say, I'm probably more a fan of like actors. I go through phases of liking actors. Like right now, my I'm obsessed with Tess Thompson and uh, Michael B. Jordan. They're the two that if they're in anything, I'll just watch it. Yeah. So like Creed Two, I was sitting watching the other week for the first time. Bowled like a bitch at the end of it, so I did. Oh my god! Maybe it's not. basically just yeah. Rocky Four, except we are black dude. But it's fucking amazing. So it's like watch it. You talk about the the walkout. She does the walkout for him. And it's just yeah. oh, it's I, ra- I ran up the Rocky steps uh, two weeks ago oh. in Philadelphia. Oh, because you were done. for Paul Craig's. Yeah. Right. So I do like a Snapchat. I've got my my feet, my feet Snapchatting me, and I kind of stopped like, we, like four steps at the end, and there was this black guy at the top. Like, Let's go, man. Let's go. Let's <laughs> four steps. Let's go, McGregor. Uh-huh. And I just look at him like, ah. Oh. And he's like, oh, cheers for that, man. He's like, you want to buy a t shirt? And I was like, all oh, right. <laughs> so you're at the top, getting people uh, motivating them to get to the top. Then you're like, oh, by the way, do you want to buy a t shirt? Was that a Rocky t shirt? It was. It was a Philadelphia with gravy, like him at the top. And then he's like, we're ready to leave. And like, do you know what I stand in the steps that Rocky stood on? He took us to the actual footprints at the top. Right. And I was like, right, how much is your t shirt? So we bought a couple of t shirts after him. That's got to be a bucket list moment, Aye. I suppose, I if you're like, a fighter, isn't it? Just Aye. now. It's just funny because there's just tons of people just running up the way. Like. <laughs> just now, um, I think my favourite I'm watching just now is probably the Dark Knight trilogy. Dark Knight, yeah, it was. It was. Who's, who's your favourite villain? It's got to be the Joker out there, Did you like Ben? Um, Huh. I yeah. I've, I liked them all. I quite uh, Heath Ledger's performance was fucking outstanding. I can't yeah, wait to see Joaquin Phoenix there. But yeah. I'm he's one of my he's one of the actors up your love. So he's disappointed that uh, and I can't I better say his name right. I always say this guy's name wrong. The guy who was in Suicide Squad, Jared Leto. Jared Leto. Yeah. Um, I was disappointed that he wasn't in that mill because mm. he's a good actor. Uh, he's a seriously fucking good, good actor. Good in Dallas Buyers Club. That's yeah. exactly what I was just going to say, man. And uh, I was kind of disappointed that he was just a bit of a bit part. Mm. And it looks like they're not making any merit. He's going to abandon that. Aye, 30 seconds for Mars are excellent. Supposed so. to be a bit of a dickhead, but aye. Aye, there was <laughs> chat that uh, Will Smith invited the full casting crew, the rap party, for Suicide Squad and didn't invite him. <laughs> And that's why they're not making the movie, yeah. and it's Joaquin Phoenix that's coming in to make the movies because nobody wants to work with him, mm. which is a bit of a, yeah. bit I guess of that's a different, a different type of Joker as well, isn't it? Must be raging, though, getting to work with Margot Robbie again. No man. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> I know, let's say about that. <laughs> you see all the, the Scottish lassies dressed up as something like, nah. Aye, like nah. the Halloween, <laughs> just like the hot, uh, Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn. Aye, everybody... <laughs> Somebody made a post about that. I remember back at the times, like looking forward to Halloween to seeing who's got the best Harley Quinn outfit and like rolling their eyes, <laughs> and then Hunters are like lassies going on like pure fuck you. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? like, well, it's so true, man. You were out that fucking Halloween. They were everywhere, mate. But and um, we'll just wrap up, man, because that's us like two, an hour and a half, man. So Been cheers good, for man. coming on, mate. Ah, I appreciate it. Like always. a really good conversation. Yeah, I, I, it's it's different. It's the uh, different questions which I love, like. There's nothing worse than answering the same stuff. No, I mean, I, but no, I loved. I really enjoyed this, man. It's like fluent, man. Cheers, dude. Aye, man. Really appreciate you coming in and like best of luck. Yeah, we'll be definitely. Aye, man. Rooting for you. Thank Absolutely. You. Appreciate that, man. Cheers, dude. Cheers.